Welcome back to Arcade Cozy, coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we are coming back at you again with the first of our um, end of the year discussion episodes, Corey. Um, yeah. We do this every year. It's just kind of a big old, big old gauntlet of end of the year stuff where it's, you know, Goaty's coming up, but we're not there yet, Corey. We got other stuff to talk about, starting with uh, today's old favorites, favorite games of 2023 that did not come out in 2023, mm-hmm. or as we have pinned it uh, just before this show, Corey, um, yes. games of the past year, mm-hmm. also known as Got P. Got P. This is our Got P episode, everybody. It's a horrendous <laughs> title, but it's a title that we are running with. It's a, it's a title because that we stick to from hilarious. here on. <laughs> So everybody, P, yeah, the goatee discussion is coming up, but today it's our got P question mark, exclamation mark, maybe, who knows? Um, Just depends. Yeah. But Corey, before we dig down into the meat of what everybody's here to, to listen about, which is the P, Mm -hmm. um, uh, how's your week been? It's been a good week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just that how work is for me at this time of year. I know, I feel like it's there. there's two sides of the coin. Either it is a relentless, like, balls to the walls, like, time period for a lot of people, or there's, like, absolutely nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I am in the latter, where my work is very much just, like, actually don't do anything. We mm-hmm. actively don't want you to do things. Um, and you know, you know, my line of work. And so it kind of makes sense around, around the holidays. And so it's just very much of like, you you answer emails, you answer calls and you know, you just, you, you take, you keep notes on things and that's, that's about it. So pretty easy. No complaints. We're, we're right, right here before Christmas. And I'm, I'm happy to just stroll on into this next, like 12 days I'm going to get off. So yeah, boy, love it. How are, how are you? Um, I'm better now. Last week yes. sucked, mm-hmm. Corey. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had the flu. Um, mm-hmm. you may, I can kind of hear it in my own voice and number of times since I've been back at work, you know, I like today I had a hour and a half meeting and by the end of it, I, was like, Ugh, I can't, can't, can't talk to you people anymore. Um, yeah, it's it hasn't been fun. Um, we're still we're definitely on the up at this point. I mean, we're at this point like seven days um, into it. So, you know, really all that's left is some of the congestion, some of the sinus stuff and, um, you know, a little bit of tiredness. But yeah, wasn't fun. Um, my work, fortunately, is um, I mean, we're busy ish, but it's mainly just kind of like cleanup the end of the year um you know like things that we owe clients that we just have kind of like an end of 2023 date but there's also plenty of stuff where it's like hey we need to do 10 of these before the end of the year but the client still has not get gotten us anything that they need so looks like that's Mm -hmm. not happening um so there's a lot of that stuff so there's you know there's stuff that i'm doing but there's also a lot of like time on my calendar that's all of a sudden just opening up at random because um stuff's not coming in whenever it's supposed to so you know what can we do um 
but it's fun. It's, you know, it's this yeah. time of year at this point. I mean, we're um, a week out from Christmas and we're um, just kind of, kind of coasting on in, which is super nice. I love, love to hear that. Yeah. I, I love coasting. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side, again, like I said, hour and a half meeting today. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You know, there's also some of those. Um, was was but, it a, a meeting that was like a good <clears throat> meeting or did you walk out of there being like, this could have been an email? Cause I feel like I go to a lot of meetings where I'm like, ah, you could have just sent me an email. Fortunately, most of my meetings are productive meetings. Um, That's good. I, I think because like I'm on a creative team, like there are a lot of, a lot of the people that I work with on that side of things are busy. So they're not just taking, they're not, doing meetings to just do meetings. <laughs> they're like, mm-hmm. they're having those meetings to actually get to the bottom of something. And that's been, that was kind of the big thing with it was, it was working through a problem and just like, Hey, this is going to be a whole lot easier if we just kind of talk through this. Um, so that was a lot of what it was. It was productive. It just, yes, nice. it, it was a while. Um, but yeah, Corey, you know, we, we're not here to talk about work. It's almost Christmas. Um, yeah. This is also a video game podcast. People don't want to hear it. You can go over to our work podcast. Um, it's called doesn't exist, (laughs) but it it will in 2024 Mm -hmm. where we talk about work, hustle, culture, what up? Um, no, but today the, yeah. Um, today we're not rising and grinding. We're, uh, we're peeing. Yeah, man. (laughs) With, With our got pee episode, Corey, you know what it's about. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. today, that's, that's what we're talking about. Games, you know, 2023 had a lot of really great games. We'll talk about those yeah. pretty soon. Um, but this isn't about those. These are about the games that we played this year that didn't come out this year. The games that we wouldn't, that we've talked about once or twice, but haven't, maybe haven't come up again. And it's our duty to, you know, reacquaint you with the fact that yeah. there are games out there that are not Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the yeah. Kingdom. And Street Fighter Six and Diablo Four and Alan Wake Two and Alan Wake Two and uh, yeah. Dave the Diver. You know, um, I can just yeah. Let's keep naming. Yeah. Let's keep naming games, Corey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there are other games, so we're going to talk about those. Yeah, um, yeah. Corey. Um, I want you to start us off. Um, I you you know we've both played a lot of things this year. Um, yes. From a lot mm-hmm. of difference, you know, you got a Steam Deck this year. Um, I got, I got a, glory. yeah, I got an Xbox. Um, so also got Game Pass, had access to that. Mm-hmm. That opened up a window of a lot of things. Um, what, what is something you bring to the table? What's something worth highlighting from the year that you know you need to you need to talk about one more. And so I have a rough list in order of how I rank uh, the games on my personal preference or like mm-hmm. my personal enjoyment on that. Um, so I'm sorry if I say a game that you like, listener, and it's much lower than it should be. But I have games ranging from like the the 90s to, you know, 2022. Yeah. Um, but and so in ranking, I have seven that I've mm-hmm. brought um, for our Got to Pee episode. Um, and uh, I'm going to start off number seven. Uh, I talked about it very early this year. 
I said it would have made my top 10 last year um, had I been had I played it last year. Yep. Uh, but that is Ali Ali World. Oh, yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Ali Ali World is the third installment of the Ali Ali series, to my understanding. I think um, that's correct. Where you play this 2D sky, side-scrolling um, skate skateboard game that kind of effectively works as just a great platformer. Um, where you are doing tricks, you're running on rails, you're trying to um, land tricks on these half pipes, um, do wall runs, effectively um, trying to create a high as high of a score as possible throughout uh-huh. each of these um, challenge level level bases. Um, and it got so I got so deep into it early this year, where I was like trying to do no touch runs effectively mm-hmm. where I never or not never touched the ground but was never not doing a trick never not like building my score base whether that's um, grinding the entire time on every rail I can land find uh, landing on a I can't remember the the exact um, phrase is called but where you're grinding or you're running on the back of the skateboard or on the front of the skateboard like um, on the think, ground, like while you're yeah, on the ground, yeah, like like yeah. a manual. Yes, a yeah. manual. Um, yeah. where and I was just, I was deep into it for probably like two weeks, maybe three yeah. weeks around uh, the beginning beginning of the year, and I could not stop playing it. And I revisited it recently, loved it to pieces. Still, was nowhere near as good as I was at the time. But it was similar to riding a bike to where it took like one, maybe two runs. And I was back to doing a majority of things I was before. Yeah. Um, and so this type of game, I don't know if it's quite for everybody. It this similar to a game I'll talk about later on, just scratches a little bit of that lizard brain I can get um, with a lot of gaming. And this is one where this was the, probably one of the very few like score chasers I was mm-hmm. going for. Yeah. Because uh, one of the big, I think, um, I think they could have done a little bit better with it, but I still really enjoyed it is there's the rival mechanic. Uh-huh. Um, and every time you get on a course, you can see it will give you a rival of what their score was. And you're trying to beat that score effectively. And it, and it, it was enough to where I could see that my, I can, I can do more than 500,000 on this course. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. And you do a couple runs and you do it and you beat it. And whenever you come back to it, there'd be a new rival with an even higher score. And it was it's kind of that perpetual cycle that went and you'd go and look at the leaderboards and there'd be a couple in like the millions of like points. I'm like, how? Someone explained this to me. This yeah. makes no sense kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, Still, regardless, I enjoyed the game a ton. Um, I think I never downloaded the DLCs. I want to go back and replay because they added, I think, two or three um, effective, like, yeah, they substantial ha- DLCs, but like maps. Um, yeah, they have. Um, yeah, I I also uh, played Ali Ali World this year around the same time that you did because, like, I had mm-hmm. played it a. A little bit before, and then um, didn't 
didn't pick it up again. And then I think it did come out on PlayStation Plus. You were playing mm-hmm. it and I was like, oh, I'll just I'll re-download it and play it, play it through too. Um, and so I also was playing through it earlier this year. Really enjoyed it. But yeah, they have um they have like a I think it's like a void thing where they're yeah. like alien UFOs that are picking up. And then I think there's like an, a sky one, maybe like up yeah, in the clouds. That sounds right. Um, yeah. So they, they also have some pretty substantial DLCs too that do their own thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, um, it's just, it's a really interesting, like it, it gives off similar energy to like a, a psychonauts in a way with like the aesthetic. Um, I mean, it's more of a hand-drawn kind of like adventure time aesthetic, but I think like Mm -hmm. that's, um, it leans really heavily into that, like just absurdist kind of thing, but it has a lot of the same kind of energy of like, you know, if you grew up playing Tony Hawk, whenever you were a kid, that like chasing Mm -hmm. those scores and trying to chain all that together and never stop like doing Mm -hmm. tricks. But in this it's, oh, you're going, you know, you're it's 2d instead, which may kind of sound easier, but it's also like you're going through all these wild worlds. And so there are all these, like Mm -hmm. there's a giant bee who knocks out this wall and now you got to grind on it and you got to, um, so it's this really like, it's, it begins. I mean, it's never, I don't think the game itself is never really all that hard. Um, I think it's, no. I think it's really just comes down to the, like, if you want to chase those challenges, cause there are also even outside of the rivals, there are other, you know, there are other things like you can get, um, they'll have these, these individual other challenges where it'll be like, mm-hmm. Hey, jump over seven of these things during the level. Um, and you'll unlock this helmet or whatever, like you'll, um, and those are things that you also can kind of like take or leave. Um, but will you know, enhance the experience if you do want kind of that extra challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, um, I really, I I don't know their plans. I really hope that they come out with another Ali Ali game. I mean, Ali Ali world came out in 2022, so it's not like it's all that old, but um, you know, I do hope they come out with another one because that game is dope. Yeah. I, I really, really love it. Again, I think it would have been in my top 10 list. last year had i played it in time for it but all that's to say you know it's it's just a joy-filled experience music's great the sounds are great Uh i think they nail um a lot of just the pure skateboard sounds it's 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 how it sounds in my memory if that makes sense um and so and that's i think a great compliment um i can give to everyone the best i can give in terms of the sound design but yeah World. Um, check it out if you haven't or go back and listen to our episode on it where I think we go into a bit more detail um, but all around wonderful yeah I should while we're while I'm thinking about it maybe I should go back and uh, actually find some of these past episodes so that I can reference them during this episode um, it's a bad idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> who would have thought um, yeah yeah, it's not happening right this second, but I'm gonna do That's it. Okay, I'm gonna do I'm it. gonna do find it. it. 
it's gonna happen. Um, yeah, um, Ali Ali World was on my list, um, but I will so I'll move on. Mine are not uh, super uh, in order. Just kind of okay. Yeah. Some stuff I wanted to talk about, um, but they're kind of, they're sort of ish. Um, yeah. Uh, my first one, Yakuza Kiwami played through that this year. Corey. Great call. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, hold on a second. Uh, episode 79, Corey. That's where we talked okay. about some, uh, <laughs> some Ali Ali, Ali Ali world. Um, at least I'm sure we talked about it, you know, in a couple other episodes after that, but yeah, go back there. Um, yeah, Yakuza Kiwami. Um, I played that really early January ish, maybe. Um, it sounds right because I played it, but I didn't finish it, so yeah, I didn't add it to my list. I also started and played a bit of Yakuza Kiwami too, um, but have not finished that. Um, so I will not talk about that here. Um, but Yakuza Kiwami, um, I really, I really enjoyed. Um, I think largely because, I mean, Yakuza Kiwami, for people unaware, is the like remake, effectively, um, the PS4 remake of Yakuza 1 um, mm-hmm. that came out on the PS2, I guess. Um, and it had, um, I think it was done, I think it was done in the Yakuza 0 engine. So I think it came out after Yakuza 0. I could be completely okay. wrong about that, but um, so you know, if you've played that similar kind of thing, um, it's going to have that kind of look. It was you know twenty sixteen ish, but yeah, it's Kiryu's. It's the I mean, I guess if you don't count his prequel in Yakuza Zero, it's the start of mm-hmm. of uh, Kiryu's whole journey where he's yeah. uh you know he's a uh big boy Yakuza man who's goes away and comes back out and kind of is trying to trying to, you know, figure out what exactly happened and how this, you know, world has effectively started to kind of move on without him. But also he's seeing, um, you know, he's entering back into that life and he's also trying to figure out like what exactly happened, you know, um, who, who was framed or who, if somebody was, if somebody was framed, um, who exactly committed this murder that he was framed mm-hmm. for? Um, what happened to, you know, the people, his friends that he took the fall for um, and kind of tracking all of this down and um, during the process becomes kind of like a pseudo father figure to a small, mm-hmm. small child. And, you know, really kind of learns what it, what it means to become to be like a true villain versus like a, the people's, the people's villain, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the good man on the street. Um, and honestly, like it was the first, I think it was the first like Yakuza game where I actually kind of got Kiryu because that was, that was my big thing with Yakuza zero was I played Yakuza zero was my first Yakuza game and I played and like, Kiryu never did it for me because in zero you play about half the game is Kiryu. You play half the game as Goro Majima and Mm -hmm. Majima, like his arc was so much more compelling because you're seeing him Mm -hmm. become um, Majima is like Kiryu's in Yakuza's Kiryu's um, like pseudo kind of rival figure. And Mm -hmm. 
Majima you see become um, who he becomes in all of the other games, which is the mad dog of Shimano, who's this like psychotic, you know, figure. And he starts out in mm-hmm. Yakuza Zero and he's very like calm and well put together. And you're like, how do you get from here to there? And it's this very like watching his arc is really interesting. Whereas like Kiryu in Yakuza Zero, like he has a really interesting story, but it was like, I'm not like, I don't, I, I just don't see it. I don't see like mm-hmm. what's so cool about Kiryu. What's like, why he matters in all of this. And then like, you know, fast forward later playing like a dragon um, spoiler. I mean, it's, it's not really spoilers at this point, given the fact that like Kiryu is playing a big part in Yakuza eight, but like yeah. Kiryu shows up in like a dragon um, Yakuza seven mm-hmm. um, kind of out of nowhere. And you know, there's a part of me like at the time that was like, man, like I don't want to see him. <laughs> <laughs> because like Ichiban's so <laughs> Ichiban's like such an interesting character. Like, I don't want, why is he here? <laughs> and, um, you know, and so like, I've kind of been a little poo poo on Kiryu at different points. Cause it's just like, I just, I don't, I don't know what your thing is. Um, mm. but Kawami, like really seeing him, um, go from like starting out the game and being kind of like this, He's an ambitious up and comer, but he always has this very strict moral code. And you see mm-hmm. it right from the start where he's like taking the blame for his friends and he's going out of his way to kind of like, you know, unravel this corruption and really kind of like stick his neck out for all of these other people, despite the fact that it's like, you know, there's so many easier paths for him to make it to where he's trying to yeah. go. Um, but he is constantly being, being, you know, portrayed as like, he is actually a good guy who just happens to be in a, you know, bad line of work, quote unquote. And yeah, we like you it. know, right. Um, and he, you know, it's this, like, it really kind of solidified it for me where I was like, okay, I get, I get curious thing now. Like I get seeing him. I, I don't know if it was the context, if it was the more like really hyper personal story of it, because like, mm-hmm. you know, in not to spoil too much about it, but like, you know, in Kwame, you, it, it is his relationship with his effectively like adoptive brother and adoptive father. And you're seeing these kind of like play, um, you know, as they're like these complex relationships starting to, you know, develop and move and all of these things. Um, and so seeing that really like personal elements really kind of like play into it was, was a lot. And I think was really effective at telling the story, Um, you know, and even, you know, from the limited amount that I played of Yakuza Kwame two, you know, that it picks up pretty immediately where it's, you're seeing a lot of Mm -hmm. that and you're seeing some of this stuff kind of transition over and you're seeing a lot of like just that same character being put in new positions where he's keeping his, he's keeping his word. He's keeping that same character. He's a very like, you know, he develops, he grows the world. He's, you know, changing with the world, but he's this still just enigmatic figure. Who's like very firm of like, no, I'm, I am regardless of anything. I'm still like a good person. And, you know, I think it's like a really, I think it's just a, you know, like I said, I get it. I get it now. And like it, it really kind of laid it into me where I was like, yeah, you know, my hope 
was that I would play through most of the Yakuza games before Yakuza 8 came out. That obviously didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I still, I would, I still plan to, you know, after Yakuza yeah. 8, I'll go back to Yakuza Kiwami 2 and 3 and 4 mm-hmm. and 5 and 6. And yes. maybe like a dragon again um maybe like a dragon again who knows um and maybe i won't hate uh kiryu showing up again this time um but yeah um super loved it um to the point i mean like i played even though i didn't play like finish yakuza kiwami 2 i played like a dragon ishin i've been itching to play uh like a dragon gaiden um which Mm -hmm. unfortunately probably isn't gonna gonna make it before goatee discussions but like yeah, I mean, even um, all of that, I mean, Ishin is basically, you know, that Ryu Sakamoto, basically Kiryu, and then Gaiden mm-hmm. is a Kiryu story. So just itching for more of that, that Kiryu action in my life, Corey. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I wanted to finish it this year. I think this was just a ridiculous year. And... You, I wouldn't say like we we feel compelled to play every new release, but a lot of these new releases I felt very compelled to play, uh-huh. um, and so it just fell to the wayside. But I'm in a similar boat as you. I would have loved to have played all of them before, um, like a Dragon Eight. Uh, I will not, but I I that like while we are doing the Metal Gear Solid uh, series, which are that first episode of it should come out in early to mid January. Uh Um, I think we've joked about doing the Yakuza series, but we both understand like the massive commitment Uh that is to it. Um, We're looking at over like three, 400 hours of story, something like that between like zero to seven. Um, But while I don't know if we'll ever do like a dedicated, like this is what we're going to do for this next year. Um, I fully anticipate us like playing through all of them over yeah. over time. Yeah. To be fair, I mean the Yakuza games are not that long by and large, aside from a a couple like Yakuza Zero. I'm looking at how long to beat Yakuza Zero. Like main story 40. is over is over thirty. Um, so okay. it is beefier. But like Yakuza Kwame, main story eighteen. Yakuza Kiwami 2, story 18 and a half. Yakuza 3 is 17. Um, five beeps it up. It's it's at 36. I don't know why it's so much okay. longer. Um, but then Yakuza 6 is 4, 18. 5, and 6. <clears throat> okay, for some reason, I thought um, so 4, 5, and 6 were all around the 40-hour mark. But that might have been like yeah, compl- like 100%. Yeah, it's, it's possible that it's... Yeah, I mean, like main and extras for like Yakuza 4 is 40 hours. But the main story by itself is, you know, half that. Um, okay. <clears throat> you know, but yeah, five's beefy seven, obviously. I mean, just main story is about, you know, close to 50 hours. Um, so it's in like 80 or 90 into that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not the, it's not quite like trying to play all of the dragon quest games back to back to back <sighs> or something like, yeah, you know, that, that would be a little bit, a little bit beefier, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe. Maybe alongside, like you said, maybe alongside Metal Gear Solid, we'll uh, we'll crack open a little bit of Yakuza here and there. Yeah, I like it. Love like it. Corey, uh, what else you got? For my next one, um, I recently finished this the other night. Uh, I think I texted you about it, but uh, Mario Advanced Golf. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, Mario Golf for the Game Boy Advance. Um, I was able to uh, finally uh, really dig into that um, this year and play, finish the story the other night. Um, I'd been stuck on the, uh, I believe it was the Sand Dunes, or not Sand Dunes. Uh, it was the course that has like the heath where it's like this really tall grass where if your ball gets in it, it just stops effectively okay. immediately. And then to get it out, you can only get it like maybe 60 yards out as well. So it's effectively like a two stroke penalty. Gotcha. What it is. Um, but I finally, I played through that course probably like six, seven times um, in a row over the course of like two nights, maybe. Um, usually takes about an hour, I would say, to play through like a yeah. full 18 on the game. Um, and I finally, finally beat it that course by the skin of my teeth and wrapped the game. Um, but all that is to say, um, I've played it over the course of probably like six months now, and I found it so for a golf game, which I've played, I wouldn't say numerous, but plenty. Um, to have this like old school, like almost like JRPG mechanics for how like you build out your golfer, or are you going to be a big bombing driver um, with not a lot of control, uh, but some some okay um, like spin rates, uh, or do you want to like have far more control, control like your draws left and right, but not be able to hit it as far? You can you you build a golfer how you want, which is a lot of how it's done now, but in the manner and the way that it's done in this game just feels so satisfying. A lot of the shots feel earned. It isn't overly complex in how you need to not shape your shot because you, you shape your shots based on your build, but like, okay, I want to hit my driver. It's a par five. I'm on fast green, so actually I probably want to drop down to a three wood because it's going to go in the water. And you're just really thinking of like how you want to play the hole. And for someone like me who's been really into golf um, recently over the time I've been playing this as well, I think it's made me a better like actual golfer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like there, like there was a, I was playing this past Friday and like normally I would, it was a par five. I'm like, oh, I should really hit my driver. But it was a sharp dog leg right after like, 220 yards over a creek and i'm like i don't think i can one um bomb it over these trees to get across that dog leg and i don't think i can like play a fade enough to get over the hill so why don't i just take my five iron punch it out like 200 and then use my five iron five iron again to punch it up the hill another 200 yards I think before I would just like, let me just see if I can put in this big slice of my driver um, to get over there. And I would have just smacked it into the trees. Yeah. I think that comes with experience with playing more, but also just like you're playing it on the screen and you can see how the hole is mapped out. And if like, uh-huh. I hit it too far and we stuck in front of the trees, or if I hit it too far to the right, there's a good chance it's going to roll down this hill and go into this grass and I'm screwed. And it just, it allows me to, I think, think better while I'm yeah. playing. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a twofold. Uh, I've seen it's consistently ranked up there as one of the better Mario Golf games. Uh, if you have access to it, I'd really check it out. Um, it was a lot of my, like, that and Dave the Diver were my two big, 
like, okay, I'm about to go to bed, but I don't really want to go to bed just yet. Do I have like 30 minutes to kill? Um, I'm going to do that. And I'd play one of those two. And it was great because I was playing on deck and so I could use save states. So I didn't have to finish all 18 holes, um, which I don't think you don't have to finish them. I think you save in the middle anyway, but I would just like, and I'm going to save state and yep. boom, easy, done. Yeah, boy. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, just so I don't forget to say it, uh, Yakuza Kwame, go back to episode 75. If you want to hear a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Um, and then if you want to hear Corey talk about Mario Golf Advanced Tour for the first time, episode 96. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Mario Advanced Tour. I don't think maybe I played it when I was a kid. I So I the big Mario Golf game that I played as a kid was the Game Boy Color one. So the one that mm-hmm. like came before that, which um, that one and... Um, Advanced Tour, I think, are generally considered like some of the favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I think for that reason, like they had, you know, kind of weirdly good story modes and just kind of like RPG yep. setups that um, some of the games, because like uh, the games were developed by um, Camelot, um, who really, Camelot. yeah, they haven't done a ton, a ton outside of. Uh, like Mario sports games throughout their career. But, um, you know, a big RPG that they did do was the golden sun games. So they do have some Mm -hmm. RPG pedigree in there, but, um, yeah, I mean, so they've, they've, you know, did Mario golf super rush and they like, they've, they've done these other Mario golf games that people were not necessarily super hot on. And that was always kind of the big thing was like, there was a level of depth in the, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, like golf game era yeah. where it was like, you know, these are on another level. They're they're creating some sort of magic here where they're trying to like make these because this was also around like, I mean, I'm trying to look at it like Mario Golf came out uh, in 1999. First Golden Sun came out in 2001. Then mm. the sequel came out in 2002. And then Mario Golf Advance Tour came out in 2004. So, you know, it was, they were in that stage where they were also making some other stuff too. And mm-hmm. I imagine they were like, they were playing around with it a little bit, but they were like, well, what if we, what if we pull some of these ideas over here? What if we make it like where Mario can really, really dig into some of these stats and get weird with it? Um, well, I think um, some of the interesting things was in the story, you never play as like Mario, Luigi, mm-hmm. Peach, or any of them is your own character that yep. you are making. And Mario is just like a distant deity figure, yeah. basically, yeah. in the golf world. And you never see him. You never play against him. You might in the post game. There was a, there is post game, um, which is really cool. I, I've, d- I've dove into it like the littlest amount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was wild that for a Mario game, the story Mario is effectively non-existent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They, um, I think there was like hope whenever Super Rush came out. Like, I think mm-hmm. there was there was some level of hope that it would be like that, and um, it wasn't. Um, nope. Unfortunately, like I, I mean, I still hear that Super Rush is supposed to be really fun, but I still have not played that. I've gone through the Reddit um, to, to put where I'm at in terms of Mario Golf. I've I've done the social um, <laughs> uh, 
what is it? Um, research. And yep. I think a lot of people like it and agree that it is a good game. But the mass consensus I can find on like the Mario Golf subreddit is that it, it's no advanced tour yeah. or no Toadstool tour. Yeah. Um, so, which I also have, worth. and actually played yeah. not that long ago. Like I think it was a thing where we had some company over, and it was like, you know, it'd be nice if we had Mario Super Rush, so we had this fresh version. But you know what? I do have a GameCube and Toadstool mm-hmm. tour. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> we played a little bit of that. Um, the fun thing that I, the, the standout thing that I remember from that is that you can just like openly heckle other players, yeah. like just yeah. constantly. Um, and so like if you have four people, it's just constant word bubbles and screams on the screen as people are just like, that. Ah, ah. That's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mario golf. What a, what a joy. What a gem. Yeah. Um, Corey, I uh, also played this year, not Mario Golf. Um, I actually did dabble a little bit um, here and there. I did pick up Mario Golf uh, color at some point. But yes. that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I played uh, Hollow Knight again. Oh, um, yes, you did. This year, um, which was... I had been meaning to. I played Hollow Knight through back in what, 2018-ish, I think. So it was like they were, I think, still in the midst of coming out with um some of the like free DLCs, because like you're not super tuned into um Hollow Knight passed and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, They like, you know, Hollow Knight came out and then they had like four or five big DLC drops over time, all of which were just free content updates that they did. But um, really are just these kind of like almost seamless integrations to the main game where it's like, oh, here's this new like here's this new area that just kind of like blends in with everything else or you know, here's this um, character that didn't show up in the original game that kind of like leads you off onto this whole other adventure um, or it's another ending or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So there was some of that that I missed um, because it just, you know, wasn't out whenever I started, whenever I was playing Hollow Knight originally. And also to the fact that like Hillsong or not Hillsong, I say Hillsong. <laughs> Band. <laughs> we're just moving past that. We're just we're not the church band. No, no. Um, moving on. <laughs> nope. I don't have time. I, I don't know if I have the emotional capacity. Let's just silk song. <laughs> Forget it. Um, silk song was supposed oh to come God. out in 2023. Um. Oh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> Listen to next week where we talk about our favorite non gaming things of 2023. Oh, um, sh- <laughs> no. um, yeah, Silk Song was supposed to come out in 2023 and did not. It still can. Um, it still can. It still can. Um, it's got about a week, but um. Yeah, I played uh, Hollow Knight. If you would like to go listen to the episode, it looks like it's about episode 81, everybody. Go back. Um, yeah, back in March. Um, so I was trying to just kind of like 
get a nice little little playthrough before Silk Song came out. Um, and yeah, playthrough Hollow Knight. Um, actually did I think more than I did my first time through because there were um there there were like I said there were a couple of things that just weren't available um but also I just tried to go out of my way and actually like do a few more things so like namely um there's the grim troop in uh Hollow Knight which is kind of this traveling um like horror circus <laughs> Most where they're trying to, I can't remember their whole lore, but they're trying to like um, summon this like night, like this nightmare, the this nightmare figure. Yeah, maybe it's called the nightmare troop, nightmare grim, nightmare grim. I can't remember. Um, Mm. Actually, let me look that up because I I just am curious. Um, But I also did the um, true ending stay because like the main Mm -hmm. ending is kind of like if you do the default ending it's like quote unquote kind of the bad ending um for hollow knight and so for you to do like to do to get like effectively the good ending you have to do a couple of the extra things which actually involves like um doing kind of a you know a not unsubstantial another area plus a um much harder like end boss fight um, so doing okay. that stuff, that was, um, that was, did some of that, added some extra stuff there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Hollow Knight remains still like one of the, just one of the best games ever. Like it's, it's still amazing to me. The fact that, you know, here's this indie, mm-hmm. indie game with this beautiful hand-drawn art style, really just crisp, clean combat you know, really imaginative world, like different areas and biomes that you're exploring through um, with like really thoughtful platforming sections, really interesting um, like secrets to stumble across um, and just a lot of like really deep lore. Like, I mean, I was constantly going into wikis where I was like, I really just want to know like this fallen kingdom, like, you know, Mm -hmm. what happened? You know, this like, this knight over here who's just like exiled himself out into the the wilderness like mm-hmm. what's his deal like where you know what was he a part of um <clears throat> who is the hollow knight you know aren't we always asking yeah. ourselves that um you know it's this it, it's such a good game and it was just a like firm reminder cuz i mean i think there's there's a part of it sometimes like silk song has been built up as being like this you know mythological game hiding out here where it's like, ah, this is going to be the best thing whenever it comes out. And I think there's always this little thing being like, is it going to really though? Like, yeah. is, is Hollow Knight just better than we think it is? And yes, but it's also yeah. much better than, <laughs> than you think it is. It's just, it's as good as you think it is, but then it's also better. Um, so yeah, it, um, I had a blast playing through it again. It's still a. It's also still a really hard game. Um, I yeah. did. I oh, yes. I chose not to do some of the secret bosses that I did do the first time though, because I was like, don't got time for that. That's a. Mm-hmm. That's that's a little bit too much for me. Um, but yeah, the the grim troop was in fact. So I had it yeah, right the first time. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, the um, grim. I think grim's. There's a nightmare king boss through the grim troop that's supposed to be like one of the hardest bosses. Um, there are a couple in there that like 
I don't think I did the Nightmare King thing. I think maybe I did. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, who even knows anymore, Corey? Um, but yeah, had a blast. Loved it. Um, got P 2023. Love it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to go back and finish that. I got, I think, a good ways into it. Um, I, I'd have to start from the beginning, maybe. Um, I, I got to, I finished the rain area and beat the three. Um, like what dreamers. Were they? <clears throat> were they the dreamers? It was like you went down to the bottom and you had to fight three at once. Um, oh, no, no. Those are the Hornet Lord or the, not the Hornet, the Mantis Lords. Yes. I beat the Mantis Lords and knocked out. I think I had finished everything that you could see up to the Mantis Lords, like left or right. Okay. So, so not not an unsignificant amount, but there's there's a lot more stuff. There's a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so um Yeah. Yeah, there there's but, still, you know, if you went back to it, there'd still be a good bit more you could dig into there. Um, yeah, I, I would like to, um, I think that's one of my bigger gaming sons is not finishing that. Um, so moving on from that, yeah. um, maybe, maybe whenever you play it, you could listen to some Hillsong and, and <laughs> moving past that one more time. <laughs> um, my, my next game, um, I talked about it, I think quite recently, um, is uncharted two. Oh yeah, um, a game uh, originally on the PlayStation Two, I believe, or PlayStation Three. PlayStation um, Three, yeah. Okay, um, and it is the second game in the Uncharted uh, franchise, um, and yeah, I loved it. It is um, as you play uh, with Nathan Drake once again, obviously, um, and it's a bit of. It's just kind of a roller coaster ride that you uh-huh. get to be a part of. Um, it's a little confusing. It's asking, it messes around a little bit with like the timeline and where things take place. Um, and I think all around, it's just a great time to play. It's very fun. It's consistently like most people's favorite game on the Uncharted series. And I understood why playing it. It is just front to back a great time i don't know if it's doing anything particularly revolutionary at the time other than this is like naughty dog pushing uh, the boundaries of like this movie video game genre that they're developing and have continued to develop since then um but i think all around i just enjoyed it immensely yeah and i played it it's like 12 hours, I think. Maybe a little less than that. I played on like uh-huh. the easiest setting yeah. because I just I don't want to be rude to the game saying I just wanted to get through it. But I was just like, okay, I know this is a short experience. Um and I want to just be able to like know what it's all about. And I think you get that front to back. Um I could see how it could be very difficult as well if you bump that difficulty up because some of the enemies especially later on some of the puzzles later on do get quite challenging uh-huh. and especially the level design and like the difference between high and low ground and like turning corners, so on and so forth. Uh, I think it still holds up. Um, I don't think 
I talked a ton in regards to um, Mario Advance Golf, which still holds up to this day, but it, it's its basic game mechanic and act of playing is so simple that it's always going to hold up um, in terms of like a modern like design. But Uncharted 2, I think, still holds up. It's a fun cover action shooter that you can kind of go a little buck wild with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know how much more I can like bring an ad to a game of this magnitude and of this polish at the time and its legacy other than just simply, yeah, it, it met the hype. You should also play it because you will have an incredible time. Yeah. If you haven't played it yet. Those are my thoughts on Uncharted 2. I want to be quick and easy with it because... It's quick and it's easy and it's great. Yeah. Uncharted 2. Um, Corey, if you had to guess, um, what do you think uh, Uncharted 2's uh, Metacritic score was um, whenever it released? An 87. So if it gives you any more indication, it did win Game of the Year. It's uh, the Keeleys, the pre Keeleys that year, mm, 2009. Oh, well, up my score then to a 94. Mm, still not high enough. 96, wow. my boy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Uncharted 2. Um, Uncharted was like one of the, like one of the main reasons that and new Ratchet and Clank games were like the main drivers for me getting. A PS3. Um, okay. And yeah, Uncharted 2, I think, had just come out. And I just remember, like, that, and that was the big thing. Like, it was the, it was the pinnacle of, like, cinematic action. Because I remember that was whenever they had all of those um, Kevin Butler PS3 ads back then mm, that were mm-hmm. really good. Um, and that was one of the big ones where it was, like, the dear PlayStation um, my girlfriend's been watching me play Uncharted 2 and she doesn't get that it's not a movie, you know, and that kind of yeah. stuff. And like <clears throat> it being this, you know, just this like and it and it's still like even though I mean that that's one of the like I think enduring things about Naughty Dog um is that they just they know how to make some of the best like um dialogue and like script mm-hmm. like just these scenes the way that they're like they're they're almost kind of like evergreen and being able to look at it and be like it's still like i can yeah. still sit here and just th- like eat this up this is so so good um yeah uncharted 2 i always go back and forth between uncharted 2 and 4 as like which one's my favorite but i do always kind of like lean back into 2 because you know, four has so much really cool stuff, but Uncharted Two is so tight, and it is yeah. so like you know, there's not a wasted moment, and it's just nope. you know they are they are telling the story, they are going, um, their twists, their turns, their interesting characters. There's a lot of like interesting locales, um, and there's nothing like you can't sit there and be like, man, you know, you're taking too long in in this whole thing. It's like, nope. You there you're in and out, you go on to the next thing, you get like you're um it's a blast the whole way through. So no, I yeah, it's I've only so I've never finished one, 
Um, I think I've played near the end of one like four times now, uh-huh. um, having watched other playthroughs and like looking where it's at. Um, but I finished two and four, and I think I might hold two um, higher than four. Yeah. Um, for the simple, simple fact of what you just said of every scene, every action, every sequence is deliberate, has purpose, is fun, and isn't wasting your time. Um, and I don't know if you can ask quite literally for anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lovely game, Uncharted. Come back, please. Um, please. We, we, we need you. Um, yeah. Uh, my uh, other or my next game, uh, one, uh, it's, it's kind of a combo. And one of them is also a two. Um, the other one is an eight, Corey. I'm talking Resident Evil. Um, oh, yes. Two and eight. I'm kind of combining oh, them nice. together because I, I was in a Resident Evil gauntlet for a little while where I played Resident Evil 2 right before 4 Remake came out. And mm-hmm. I played 4 Remake and then played 7 and then played mm-hmm. 8. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of all like right in there. Um, note that I'm leaving out 7. Um, 7 can go suck yeah. my booty. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to talk, talk about it. Um, it's a very well-made game. Never, never want to see it again. <laughs> it's fair. Um, but two and eight, like legitimately, I really, really enjoyed like two to the point where it was like I played two and like got to the end. And like I had had this experience where I was like, man, that was that was tense. That was a lot. I don't I don't know that I can like that. I want to do that again. And then, like, within 24 hours, like, I was trying to play something else. I was like, I just want to play Resident Evil 2. <laughs> and, so, mm-hmm. and so then I, like, started a Jill playthrough. And, like, you know, I mean, the game's, like, short. It's, like, six to eight hours. It's not, like, a, yeah. um, it's a quick turnaround. But it was something where it was, like, I played, you know, for, uh, for reference, like, I played 2 Remake, which was, you know, released in... 2019 was a, you know, massive, massive, like, success and, you know, was kind Mm. of the catalyst that led them to then make Resident Evil 3 and then Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been this kind of like, it kind of kicked off this whole back and forth between, you know, new Resident Evil game, remake, new Resident Evil game, remake. Um, In Resident Evil 2, you play this kind of like, you know, very condensed story of you're playing as, you know, um, Leon Kennedy, who also <laughs> you're playing as in Res- Resident Evil 4. Um, and on his first day on the force, when zombie outbreak happens, and he's trying to, you know, get to the bottom of it, because um, he is, like, no offense to Leon, during that, like, in Resident Evil 4, by that point, he's seen some stuff. He's pretty, he's like, a monster. he's pretty jaded. Resident Evil 2, he's a, he's a, a big old goody two shoes. He's he's Oof. yeah. He's playing. How you survive? He's playing by the rules very early on. Um, but no, it was like Resident Evil Two was just such a like. I don't know it. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big horror person, and I'm not like yep. a so I'm not like a big survival horror person. But I think it was like 
it's the fact that it is so, it seems like everything is so finely tuned to create like, this is a, you have to like, everything is a puzzle from like the actual puzzles to getting more ammo, you know, like there's a, I, I don't know that it's true, but it very much seems like there's a finite amount of ammo in this, in your playthrough. And if you just sit there and shoot it all at a wall, it's like, okay, that was your choice. Now mm-hmm. you get to run through with a knife, you big dumb dumb. Like it's, it very much kind of feels that way where it's like they, you have to, to make it through this world. You are having to like really learn the ins and outs of this police station. And then some of the later areas to actively like get from place to place. And then like, you know, um, Jill's story alongside it, you know, Jill is also, you know, at the police station, they're kind of like intertwining and, um, you know, mm. like kind of interacting and bumping into each other, but they're having their own unique little situations happening as they're kind of navigating this. And um, it's just like, it's so well done. And Mr. X, like as much of an asshole as he is, like it is a legitimately tense thing. Like going, I, 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 I would say that's kind of the downside for me. Is like, I, I could do without Mr. X always stalking yeah. me. Um, but it still is like one of those things where, you know, it, it is an effective deterrent for you to just like chill out in some corner for a while. Um, yeah. You know, whenever you hear him from, you know, the next room over, like opening doors as he's <laughs> making his way to you. Um, but, you know, and then transitioning that over to Resident Evil 8, which had a similar um, mechanic in Lady Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but her area very early on, um, you know, she also has a similar kind of thing where she's stalking you around. Plus, she has three like vampire daughters who are like popping up at, at different points yeah. and stuff. And so you're having kind of a similar experience. Um, but Resident Evil 8, I really enjoyed um, because I mean, legitimately, I was I was drawn in by like this story that was going on here because it was like, you know, I had played, I had played resident evil seven for better or worse and was like new kind of this trajectory of, you know, what Ethan in this case had like been going through and playing resident evil eight. It was like, okay, you know, resident evil eight kicks off with Chris Redfield, you know, America's sweetheart coming in and gunning, (laughs) gunning down (laughs) your wife. Um, and, you know, kidnapping you. And, you know, that in and of itself is just like, you want to figure out why, like, what what is that about? And it's like, it's a really just compelling story. I I think there's, you know, I think there were criticisms at the time of like, yeah, it gets a little like action heavy at the end. Um, Yeah. And it, and it does, but it's like, I think the whole way through, like, um, it's really, really compelling, like going through and watching this, watching Ethan kind of like navigate all these different areas. Um, and also like the gunplay of it is super solid. Like the, it, it takes some of that DNA from RE4 and really kind of like makes it, even though it is a little bit more action heavy than like Resident Evil 7, for instance, it, 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it makes it feel like really compelling. And it is, you know, a little bit more, you're able to have a little bit more freedom than you did with like Resident Evil 2, for instance. Um, I will say, again, just like Mr. X can uh, kiss my butt, um, and Resident Evil can too, or Resident Evil 7 can too. Um, the, like, the, I can't remember her name, the dollhouse lady, she can also kiss yeah. my butt. Um, that, mm-hmm. that legitimately, that. <laughs> that was, mm-hmm. that was the, was my least favorite part of the game. <laughs> by far. Um, but it, uh, once I was past that and I knew I did not have to see it again, um, I was a much happier man <laughs> at that point. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it made me so much more excited. I had not been excited for, you know, the future of resident evil, like from mm-hmm. a, from an outsider's perspective, like sitting there and I, you know, I was fascinated by just the fact that it was like, Hey, they're, they like they're making remaking these games in like a really phenomenal way. Um, mm-hmm. And their new games look beautiful and really cool and compelling, but it was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play them. You know, I, I went from, I went from one end of the spectrum to the other where it's like, now I'm legitimately excited for resident evil nine. Like I hope it's yep. not, I hope it's not like resident evil seven, <laughs> but I'm very interested to see, um, how that story progresses and also just kind of see what they do because like, it's also been an interesting thing with these new resident evil games where they are playing with more than just the stereotypical like zombies, like resident evil's bread and butter zombies, but like, you know, resident evil eight, especially, I mean, they had werewolves, they had, Mm. you know, these, these other figures like vampires and things that are, um, that, you know, kind of like they're stepping away from that um, to some extent. And I think nine is supposed to be um, at least rumors have it as being like some kind of like American like cryptid type thing mm-hmm. where it is kind of like Wendigos and, you know, that that kind of oh, stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm kind of in the place where it's like that could go either way. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that, that, that could go seven route very easy. Yeah, um, which to be fair, I mean, seven does take place in the uh, Louisiana, so it's not, yeah. you know, <laughs> it is, it, it does go that route. Um, but yeah, I, um, it, it set me up well to, I think, appreciate Resident Evil 4 better um, and just have like a, I think, a finer appreciation of the world that this is happening in. Um, and you know, I don't think it makes me any more likely to just dive into some random ass, uh, horror survival game that's trying to, you know, copy, you know, a resident evil or something. But, um, I think it, it definitely makes me more excited for, you know, games of this style that really do tune in that, like the puzzles and a lot of that, like just really tight core, combat that makes you like not super scary but you know little little tense i guess mm-hmm. so. no i get what you mean i think my biggest hesitation is the stalking mechanic of mm-hmm. two and eight because those are the two i think i actually own um and just have not played yet um but that is a excellent segue into my next game that does have a stalking mechanic <laughs> That isn't anywhere as bad as either of those, but uh, Metroid Fusion. Oh, yeah. Also, for the Game Boy Advance I'd played um, this year, 
Um, Metroid Fusion is the follow-up to, I believe, Metroid 3. Is I think Metroid Fusion is Metroid 4, or something along those lines. Um, I don't know. Metroid I, Fusion, I think, in the timeline... We talked about this at the time. I think yeah, it's like it comes, it's the second to last game because it comes right before Dread. Dredge. Uh, Dread, not Dredge. Dread. Uh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, but so I'll get into the game, just a little bit of it. Um, Metroid Fusion is you start out as a weakened Samus um, aboard this derelict ship, um, effectively trying to uh, stop the spread of this, like, super virus alien that has like summoned all the abilities of Samus's suit and has effectively killed everyone on board the station um, looking for a way out. And you as Samus are trying to reclaim and find all your old power so you can then take it, take down um, with something X. I can't remember um, its full name either. Okay. Just like Mr. X. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it is a action pl- puzzle platformer um, that to old 2D style, and I just loved it so much. I found it very captivating to play. This level design, excellent. Um, the combat, I think, trying to uh, where Uncharted Two doesn't show its age. This shows its age just the tiniest amount. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, in some of the boss fights, where it's like this is. Yeah. it's like, okay, it didn't, like, a boss didn't, like, touch me, but because of, like, the hitbox or whatever it is, it did, if that makes sense. It's like, I should be in a position to where it can't hit me, but I was hit. Anyway, there was a couple of times where I got a little frustrated in that and maybe played the game, not maybe, played the game the way it wasn't designed. Uh, I got to play it again on my Steam Deck, so I would just save state a lot of times instead of having to run all the way back to a boss um, every time. Just made it a lot easier for myself. But again, the core loop of going into um, different parts of this space station, and you effectively get a new power, and the once you get that, the rest of the level is about teaching you how to use that power, whether it be a situational or action power all the way up into your next boss fight. Um, I, I think I talked about it maybe like two, three weeks ago. I just really enjoy games that know and get how to teach you to play and enjoy the game. It's uh-huh. here's this new thing, and now you get to use this new thing in all these really cool different ways that are very effective, very important, and you will continue to have to use them throughout the rest of the game. I feel like so much of modern game decided design is um, in in the bad way, a lot of times is here's this new thing, so cool, right? Well, use it whenever you want, we guess, and you never have to use it again in the game if you did if you didn't want to, uh-huh. which there is freedom in that style of design for as, as player agency and player freedoms. Like, hey, here, here's this thing, use it if you want. If you don't, you don't need it. But I, I think there's something really, really good special and neat about a game that's confident in what it's given you and confident in how it's teaching you to use it and then lets you go and, and continue to use that and it be important throughout the rest of the game, which is what Metroid Fusion does between um, Sam, uh, Samus's missiles, um, the floor bombs you can drop, you being able to turn to this ball and um, 
like guide your way through lower levels of the map in previous areas and in future areas to escape enemies, find new ways to get around areas, and escape. Mm-hmm. Um, Virus X, I can't remember the exact name. Um, and yeah, altogether, I think it encapsulates what is great, obviously, about the Metroidvania uh, style of games, which I have played many of, but never a Castlevania or Metroid before this. Um, and so be able to see, like, this is, this is why this genre exists, even though it's not quite, I think, as Metroidvania as some of the other Metroid games. Uh-huh. Um, it is still an absolute masterpiece and I loved it to pieces. I want to, I think I will play it again. Um, and it's, it's so great. If you can get your hands on it, I strongly recommend it. I, it's just something that's just doing everything almost a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, and the <clears throat> longer I've gone without it, the more I've had just more and more positive thoughts as I play more modern games. Um, and then like, again, thanks for the cool power. Don't know when I'll use it. Yep. And I'd never have to use it, which again, nothing wrong with, but I think there's just, there's something to speak about when a studio can nail that and it work every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need to go back <clears throat> cause I have, I have Metroid fusion on an original mm. cart. Even um, Metroid Fusion. Um, yeah, I need to go back. I want to play. I never. I own, but have never played Dread. Um, also, I own and Dread. have never played uh, Samus Returns, which was the uh, Metroid Two remake for 3DS. Um, yeah, a lot of Metroid that also is sitting on the back burner that I should add should to Fusion. my future. Yeah, should replay Fusion. Um, Metroid games are also pretty short. Too. I think they're. I think it was like <clears throat> eight hours at most. It might have been shorter than yeah. that, especially some of those early levels you get <clears throat> through really, really quick. Um, I'd say maybe like yeah, eight. Yeah, shorter. Yeah, Metroid Fusion main story five hours. Yeah, it might have been like completionist run eight and a half. Okay. I mean, I did a lot of things. I'm not, yep. not trying to toot my horn. Um, it, it might have been five. I don't know. It, yep. it was short. I yep. think I beat it in like eight sittings, maybe. Okay. I, mean, I could have done it faster, but yep. there was, I got stuck on a boss for a little bit. And I think once I, it took me like two days to beat him. And I like, would just play and once I beat him, I just saved and like, all right, we'll be back to this like tomorrow. I just yeah. needed that to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. It's the bouncing head one <clears throat> for anyone who's played. Okay. It. I okay. Hate that guy. Yeah. It's been a while. I'll have to pull it back out. Play it again. Mm-hmm. Um do it. Yeah. Corey, my last one, um, which was a game I that three I read left. <laughs> if we if we if we just if we want to end around the same time, sure. Okay, so, you you go. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to hog your spotlight. No, you you keep hogging. You keep going. Okay, I will keep hogging. I'll be quick with this one. Uh, Crusader Kings three taught uh, immensely, just forever. Um, it was my most played game this year. 
um, around 300 hours, um, which is disgusting. Um, the reason why I love it, the reason I think it's might be on my Mount Rushmore, I don't know. Um, the it's effectively Sims but medieval, as mm-hmm. you can seduce, murder, befriend, lie, you manipulate your way to the top of an empire. And there's so many mechanics that work into how your character behaves, what their stress factors are, what their de-stressors are, what they're good at, so on and so forth. And all that mixed with actually running a kingdom as well, whether you want to play tall and just be a count and really grow your people, your town and your areas, or if you want to play wide, take over an empire and just paint the map. Um, with your name on it. Um, there's so many different ways to play and so many different ways I have played and so many ways I will continue to play. Um, it is a all-timer for me and it is full of joy, wonder, frustration, anger, and absolute satisfaction as you topple your rivals and destroy basically the vassals below you as they rebel or praise the ones who, who back you and give them titles for them to only rebel 20 years later. Yeah. Um, so on and so forth. It, it like goes life. on for forever. Yeah. Just like life. Um, it's on game pass uh, for people who have heard me speak about it and have been like, uh, give it a go. It, it's a niche game. There's a lot of mechanics. There's a lot going on. Um, if you get your footing, it, it, it is a gift that keeps on giving um, in every way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to listen to Corey talk about Crusader Kings 3, just listen to any Anybody. episode this yeah. year. Um, <laughs> you will probably hear it. Um, but yeah, specifically, eh, go back to episode eh, 85. You'll, <laughs> you'll yeah. find something there. It was around when I tore my ACL because <clears throat> I was playing so much then yeah i couldn't move yep um yeah i remember that time mm-hmm. what a time Corey. what a time what a time what else you got um i i still don't know what i want to put it to here um okay <laughs> i'm gonna be confident in this decision okay. uh, you do it the legend of zelda links awakening oh, okay that number two Nice. Um, it's a game I played, I think also around the time I tore my ACL. Um, I played a, I played the remake, the chibi version on Switch. And I have played the old school version too. There's also someone just released a a port that you can download. I've seen people playing on their Steam Deck yep. of like a zoomed out version of it. I don't know if I like the zoomed out version of it because it cuts away the map cuts, which I really enjoy. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. And The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening uh, takes place on this small little island. You, as Link, have um, been a part of a shipwreck and you wash up on shore to this island and you slowly but surely try to find a way to get off the island and help the denizens of this island. Um, And this isn't my first Zelda game, but it's the first I've played like through and through. Um, yeah. I dabbled in a lot of them this year. 
Um, this was the one that connected to me the most. I still haven't played Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask um, yet. Coming down the line soon, I think. Um, but this one really just grabbed my attention and grabbed my heart as I was playing it. Um, that might sound weird to say. It feels weird to say, but it's true. Um, but no, it, the way that the design of this game is, and I know it's a remake, but it is the original design of the game and seeing how that has translated over the years to games I had played at the time that I missed because I missed effectively two whole consoles of games and yeah. Xbox and uh, Nintendo games at the time. And I know it was on the Game Boy Advance, but I only play Pokemon on the Game Boy Advance. Um, but to be able to play through this, see that and how it's translated over the years to modern games now, but to play it then, hear the music, feel the story as you go dungeon by dungeon and effectively just have a the Zelda formula that I have seen in like Death's Door and seen in Tunic and even something like a jack and daxter precursor legacy around the exact same time which the zelda formula by all intents and purposes was roughly the same up until breath of the wild with some variations in like wind waker and twilight princess um but to be able to play this and i don't know what it was if it was like this odd fake nostalgia that i don't have for the game or just like this understanding of what zelda is and like getting it finally um i think it's just a magical experience and especially towards the end as the story because the story is a little confusing as you're playing through but towards mm-hmm. the end it kind of really takes shape and i think it's like a beautiful question that's often like asked in so many forms of literature movies video games and it's just like even i don't want to spoil it and so i won't um, for those who haven't played it, but it asks a similar question that a lot of these other genres ask. And I think that's one of my favorite because at the end of the day, like my experience with this is genuine and my experience with this was real. And that regardless of the question that the game is asking, my answer is still the same. Um, and I loved it so much. I, I think it's incredible. I think more people should play it. More more people should talk about The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Chris. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think people know about it. I don't think enough people know about it. <laughs> and it's it's just a joy-filled time. It's very easy. It is not difficult by any stretch of the imagination either, nor do I think it ever wants to be. But, I mean, I just have distinct memories of taking Chomp Chomp on a walk around the island. Yeah. Um, the the reveal of what the freaking rooster was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, the song that uh, Meryl will sing. It's Meryl, right? Um, Meryl, sounds right. Marilyn. Marilyn, something like that. Yeah. Um, all that around, it's... And then the little riverboat ride towards the top right. Oh, oh yeah. Because I'm, yep. I'm, I'm picturing the map. And yep. towards the top right, there's this little... Not riverboat <clears throat> ride, yep. but it's yep. a way to get around the map. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's it's neat. I like it. It's a lovely really game. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would love to. Need to get back. I mean, I've I've played Link's Awakening. I I um, 
loved it to death, but yeah, I mean, such a beautiful little game that they did with that remake. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the remake, and I played the original, and I think because I played the remake first, I will always enjoy that, but I understand why it is such a darling of a classic, and yeah. like so many people love so much the original. Yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. Love it. Um, Corey, I'll give you a break for a second. I'll talk about, okay. um, <laughs> I'll talk about mine. Um, yeah, I almost kind of forgot that I played this this year until we started like looking backward. Um, mm-hmm. but probably my favorite game, my favorite P of 2023, yeah. Corey, um, Pentiment. P. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I played Pentiments um, very early in the year. Yeah, um, because I got a, um, I got an Xbox in January. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was, that was like the first thing that I wanted to dig in on was Pentiment. Um, Pentiment, if you're unaware, everybody, um, you, it is a, it, stop me if you've heard this one before. It is a, uh, you know, a little narrative adventure game. Uh, mm-hmm. told through painterly uh, painterly designs and text um, set in 16th century uh, Bavaria, I think is what, mm-hmm. I think is what it is. Um, yeah, or you is play... It, is it Bohemia? <clears throat> it's not Bohemia. Bavaria. Yeah, I know, I know it's not Bohemia. Um, Bavaria. Yep, Bavaria. Okay. Um, you play as Andreas Mahler. Um, he's an, mm. he's an artist from Nuremberg um, who gets caught up. He's doing like an apprenticeship. Um, he's a um, he's a calligrapher artist. Artist, yeah. He's yeah. He's, he's an artist. He's, yeah, yeah. He's actually like drawing. Um, yeah, he's doing. He's he's an artist who's like apprenticing at this um, abbey in Bavaria. Whenever these like murders start taking place, um, well, a murder. But, you know, he kind of gets embroiled in this whole thing that that ends up taking the game over the course of like close to three decades. Like, I mean, the game Mm -hmm. is the game starts out. Andreas is young and it ends, you know, whenever um, not to spoil anything, but, you know, many years have passed. And some of the people who have, you know, who lived who were in the game early on you know have just died of old age you know just aren't there anymore and like you know you're kind of seeing all this stuff and like and that's one of the big draws with pentiment is like during this whole time you are going through and you are you're kind of you're just you're living out andreas's life in this like you are giving you are giving him his entire backstory from like small details of like where he went to college to like some of his hobbies and it helped like it, it informs some of the decisions and some of the insights that you get, um, you know, for people who've played Baldur's Gate three, you understand mm-hmm. insight. Like you, mm-hmm. you get some of those like additional things where it's like, Oh, well, because he studied here or because he had like a, you know, an interest in finance, he can glean this little information, this little bit of extra information from this situation. You know, he mm-hmm. knows that what that book's really about um, whenever you're like browsing through somebody's house. And so it is this whole thing where, you know, Andreas is 
he lives in town. He's befriending these townspeople. Um, he is kind of like caught up in this, you know, civil like strife between the people in town and the, the people in the Abbey who, you know, some of them are very, you know, like very like traditional Christian figures who they, Mm -hmm. you know, let's invite them in. Let's take care of these people. Others are very elitist as, you know, people of, you know, old Catholicism and stuff Mm -hmm. were at the time. And, you know, you're kind of watching these tensions unfold over time um, in the backdrop of this larger like murder plot. Um, And it is such like, it's, it's a game that I think just like, it almost seems like it's kind of trying to deter you with its description, like from the outset, like, Oh, what if I gave you an adventure game? Okay. That's set Mm. in Bavaria. Uh, okay. (laughs) Like, you know, it, it kind of like sets it out to be like, this game is going to be, you know, very like, it's not, it's not like, it's not something you've been, you've played before, but it is like, to its credit, it isn't something you've ever played before. Like all of the little details where, you know, you're the person writing this book. Cause I mean, that's the thing is like, it's being presented as if like somebody is writing this story. And so there mm-hmm. is a hand that is effectively like writing this text and you'll see the text, like, you know, it'll get crossed out really quick. Like it'll write this thing and it'll be a little bit of a typo and then it'll get crossed out and like, um, and there'll be these like pen scratches or like, you know, the text will change depending on like Andreas's perception of somebody. So it'll be like, you know, it's really harsh and firm, but then like all of a sudden you learn that they love poetry and all of a sudden now it's like a, now it's like a script font and they seem like really, Mm -hmm. you know, they seem really, you know, refined at that point you know and you're you're getting all of these small little details throughout this entire story that it's like you get i had by the end of that story i had such a clear picture of every single you know minor person in this bavarian town like i knew who they were what they wanted what their issue was you know, with regards to the whole conflict, who supported who, who could have been a murderer, who probably was a murderer, who would have framed somebody if mm-hmm. they were the murderer, like, you know, all of these things. And also at the same time, you're learning so much about like just Bavaria at this time. Like I, I didn't know, you know, how Bavaria interacted with the world at large in the 16th century. Um you're learning about that. You're learning about just like, there's obviously a whole religious overtone throughout that. And you're seeing it also evolve over time where you're watching like this Abbey, this town, these people change from, you know, the very beginning of the game to almost like 30 years later. Um, And it is like, it tells this just really beautiful, strong, powerful story. Um, that like, I mean, I think the game overall is like around 15 hours. Like it's kind of longer than you think it would be. Um, but it's like, it, it seems like whoever made it, cause I mean, it's made by Obsidian who they're, you know, well known for 
plenty of RPGs mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, you know, they're huge pedigree, but it, it definitely has the energy of like, this was somebody's dream project. Like yeah. they wanted to make this game. They were gr- like greenlit to be able to do it. And they went hard on it because it's just like every little detail is just so finely tuned. Um, and everything that you're doing in the game, like, you know, there's no, there's no perfect route. You know, you, you were making these choices for Andreas. You don't mm-hmm. have enough time to do all of the things that you want to do. You can't, you know, there, there is like a day night cycle where it's like, well, you got the morning and you got the afternoon to spend time with who you want to spend mm-hmm. time with. You better, you better choose, right. You better, you better make the best of that. Um, you could just sleep if you want to, that's fine. Um, you need a nap. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it, they just, they create this. It is so weird to have what is effectively like the, one of the best forms of like a, you know, a murder mystery story alongside an adventure story, alongside a history lesson, along mm. like, you know, just it is, it hits like it hits high points at each of those marks and like loved it to death, was not disappointed at all. Like that was one of the games that I was most excited to get into whenever I finally had access to Game Pass. And whenever I played it, I was like, no, this is better than I than I ever could have thought it would be. Um, yeah, it is beautiful, Corey, and I love it to death. Good. I'm so glad. And I don't know why I jumped off the game. I, it might have been around the time Baldur's Gate 3 came out, and I mm. just was like, mm, sorry. But it is so up my alley. Everything you described is... I didn't get hardly anywhere. I think I made it through two days. Yeah. Um, which is still like a, a substantial amount of gameplay time. I feel yeah. like probably early on. Yeah. Um, but still, I have no idea why I balanced in. I'm sorry to Pentiment that I did, and I will be back for Pentiment. Yeah. Um, don't you worry. Don't you worry, listeners. You will be hearing more about we, it in the future. We will. We will have a Pentiment update at some point. At some point. <laughs> um. <laughs> Gosh, that is a good game. I that love that a really good style. game. I, I love it. More games so need good. that need that art style, if nothing else. Agreed. Um, finally, for mine, um, my got P, my P of the year Ooh. is a Persona Four. What golden? Um, which you got, uh, you got a golden P this year? Corey? Yeah, I'm dehydrated. What up? <laughs> Um, no, um, I mean, maybe, but no, um, it, Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable, um, both, uh, re-released this year on modern consoles and, uh, played through, I've been waiting to play three for Persona 3 Reload, um, coming out next year because I think it was hinted even at the time of these being released that, um, a remake for three was coming in and then there was yeah. leaks for three pretty shortly after those dropped. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to wait. Um, all that being said, back to persona four golden, uh, I think persona five slash Royal might be my favorite game of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if golden hits the highs that five hits or 
made me feel some of the emotions that five made me feel. But man, if it doesn't get so close. Yeah. And the biggest difference, I think, between four and five is while five is this giant adventure filled with high stakes, high rewards, um, some of the coolest and sleekest animation style combat you will see. Four takes a softer approach. And I think we did, I described them um, as four as like this big bombastic movie you would go see in the middle of summer or something along those lines. And like four is this cozy novel you're going to read in the fall. Um, and four takes um, is centers around these murders in this town. Um, as you, the protagonist, try to solve them throughout, and you build this very close group of friends. And I don't know what three is like, but compared to five, like they actually all feel like friends instead of just being the main protagonist friend, which kind of how five feels. And this core cast of characters and the story that four goes on feels so personal, feels so not close to home because of their murders, but it's just there's something about it that strikes that like childhood nostalgia, I think we all have as we get older yeah. of like this core group of friends hanging out, doing just fun things together, going to festivals, going out to the park, um, seeing the world um, and different parts of it um, at the same time. And it, it has some of the older stuff that ca- kind of hasn't aged well, uh, AKA Teddy. Um but still, regardless of the end of the day, I think Persona 4 Golden is one of like the greatest games I've ever played. And I am looking forward. I played it over the like the year, but I really like honed in on it in the summer. And I'm almost excited to play it again this coming summer. I don't know if I'll finish it. Yeah. And I don't know if I even have the intention of wanting to finish it, but just to jump back into there, back into the world here, the that news to the um, as you enter into the main area or when you go out at night and it's this, that da, 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 as this piano uh-huh. just settles in, all of it is just, I don't even know how to describe um, it in detail other than I just know what I feel when I play it. Um, it does have some of the creepiest music I've also heard. Uh, uh-huh. And it's also one of the creepiest titles as well of who's watching in the more, um, um, and the reveals as you like save people from the murderer. Yeah, uh, that's what the game's all about. It reflect it shows the murderer um, in a foggish vision, and it uh-huh. plays the who's watching sound. And it is so spine tingling yeah. and like anxiety inducing when you hear it because it's just like, uh, <laughs> and but all around, I think these more nerve wracking moments. Um, are overshadowed and um, overwhelmed by all of the like goodness of the game and all yep. of the beautiful love that the characters have for one another and the virtue and like willingness to do what's right throughout it and seeking the truth. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, one of like just almost a core tenet of life that it really nails, and that makes Persona. Four golden, my P of the year. Oh, yeah. 
Corey, Persona games are good, aren't they? They are so <clears throat> good. I I am ecstatic for three reload. <laughs> um, is I'm just so yeah. mad more than anything that it's coming at the same time as Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, um, like a Dragon Eight, um, and there's something else around that time too. Um, what was it in March? It's like Rise of the Ronin and something else both come out on March 22nd. I'm like, why? Who, who's, who is scheduling these things? They need to get their, they need yeah. to figure it out. Maybe they know something we don't. Oh, they Dragon's know, Dogma 2 they, comes out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a 2024. Already shaping up to be a chungus, um, mm-hmm. quite a thing, quite a thing, Corey. Um, <clears throat> speaking of chungus, this episode, um, Yo, what a chungus! Beefy. Yeah, it's a it's a beefy boy, but it's been a good one, Corey. You know, we got mm-hmm. to talk about we got to talk about the god peas. You know, our mm-hmm. favorite our favorite pastime. Um, yeah, you know, here here to tither be. For known as, um, but yeah, Corey. Next week we're talking about um, stuff that didn't or stuff that came out this year that did come out this time. Um, but that's not a game. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a that's always an exciting one because it's one of the only episodes of the year where we don't talk about video games at all, um, which yes. is which is kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we looking like forward it. to that, Corey. Um, but until then, uh, where can people find you on the internet? They want to find uh, you on people, the internet. Um, they can find me over on Instagram at Hashlinging Thrasher. Um, yeah, um, that's that's it. I think. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It. <laughs> um, yeah, can't find me anywhere nope. yet. Maybe one day. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you want to find somebody go listen to old episodes of arcade cozy yeah (laughs) you can can find them um at uh arcade cozy um wherever you find your podcast uh you can also email us arcade cozy at gmail.com um and we will answer your questions if you have them feel free um yeah intro outro music johnny the good 89 um you can follow him on instagram yeah um he does some cool stuff um, always love hearing his stuff. He's also on Spotify. Um, I have him yeah. on rotation in some of my uh, little focus playlists that I listen to during work. Um, nice. And he does a phenomenal job. Um, but yeah, Corey, I'm excited about next week. Yeah, excited about goatee discussions coming up after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, this has been Arcade Cozy. Life is hectic. Why should your hobbies, hobbies be, be too? Who's watching?